0: Coming to is Parashat Beshadach. We will learn about the Exodus of Egypt. How the Jews actually left Egypt, and they went. They left Egypt, and then they were. They left Egypt on the first day of Pesach. That's what really happened. Midnight was the plague of the first of the, the of the first born. Twelve hours later, midday they left Egypt. They walked three days. And then it's a whole story, why, what happened, and that Pharaoh decided to chase after them and to bring them back to Egypt. Because when Moses came to Pharaoh and told them, let my people go, he told them, let me go, for, let us go for three days to serve in the desert. He didn't tell them, let my people go for a good, forever. Then when he finally let the people go, he sent police with them to make sure that after three days they come back. And the police was there they went to them for three days, and they said they're not coming back. They're moving on. He says, "What's going on?" They have to go back." He said, "You are not going back. You're going back." He started a fight. The Jews beat them up, they run away. They run back to Egypt to tell Pharaoh that the people are not coming back. They took them one day to run back, because you know, when the whole nation is going, how fast could they go with men, women, children, all young took the police to come in one day to make it back to Egypt, a a trip of three days. Pharaoh mobilized the army. He said, we we were so stupid, we let let all the slaves go. Absolutely not. And he mobilized the whole nation, and they all went after the Jews to bring them back to Egypt, to force them with an army to force them back going to Egypt. Now, the Jews are going out of Egypt. They are not an army. They, babies, children—they are not fighting. They cannot. This is talking about the superpower of the world. They are going with the army. They can do it, because that's what they thought. In any case, by the seventh day, early morning, Shvisho Pesach means the sixth day at night. After the six six days at night, the night of the seventh day of Pesach. They made it, they met, they met each other. And the Jews looking back and they see the Egyptians are coming. And they started to cry, and it was a whole scene, you know. They got scared. Because the Egyptians are from the back, on the two sides there is mountains, in the front is the sea. There's nowhere to run away. You cannot run away. Wait a minute, run away. Run away Millions of people run away. It's impossible. And they started to cry, they started to, cry to, to God and to complain to Moses. That's the Jewish tradition. <laughs> crying to God, praying to God, and complaining to Moses. And everybody had an idea. Let's fight. Let's commit suicide. Let's go back to Egypt. Let's pray. Everybody had an opinion, as usual. And let's read it a little bit from inside. Go ahead.
1: Why are you crying out to me? Moses prays. Pharaoh and his servants had a change of heart toward the people. They said... What is this that we have done, releasing Israel from serving us? Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and took his people with him. He took 600 select chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with officers over them all. The Egyptians chased after Israel and overtook them and camped by the sea, every horse of Pharaoh's chariots, his horsemen, and his force besides, beside Pai Hachirot in front of Baal Tsepo. Pharaoh drew near. And the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and the Egyptians were advancing after them. They were very frightened, and the children of Israel cried out to God. God said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Speak to the children of Israel and tell them to move forward. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and split it, and the children of Israel will go through the sea on dry land. This is the
0: abbreviated version. There is more in the text. But God told them after Moses cried out to God, God told them, "Matitza why are you crying to me? Why are you praying? Just tell the Jewish people to move forward. Sounds so simple, right? <laughs> and Moses picked up his, his uh, staff. He told him, pick up this staff and, and split the sea. Comes Rashi and says- "What can be more simpler than that, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> was,
2: if, we can do it. <laughs> but it's written as, almost as if Hashem thought that Moses should have known to have done that. You're right. Rashi,
1: why are you crying out to me? Moses began to pray. God told him, now is not the time for a lengthy prayer. The Jewish people are in danger.
0: Don't tell them, what are you praying now? Not it's time to pray. What should Moses do not pray? What do, what, what do you want from him? <coughs> okay, we'll see what, what, what God wanted for Moses to do. Obviously, he didn't want him to pray. I can tell you that.
2: Go ahead. <coughs> what's the Rebbe, What's more important than prayer? The Jewish people were being chased by the Egyptians with the sea ahead of them, the Egyptians behind them, and the snake and scorpion filled desert on either side. The Torah relates that Moses prayed to God and God responded, why are you crying out to me? Rashi explains that God was telling Moses that when the Jewish people are in trouble, this isn't the time to pray. Rather speak to the children of Israel and raise your staff over the sea. This raises some questions. Why do God need to tell Moses what not to do? Why are you crying out to me? Similarly, God should have simply instructed him immediately as to what he should do. Speak to the Jewish people and raise your staff over the sea. Why was it first necessary to tell him, why are you crying out to me?
0: Why are you crying out to me? Don't you start to complaining with it tell him what you're not... He's crying out. Tell him, okay, pick up your, your staff and tell the Jewish people to move on. I'm finished. Obviously, it's important that when God told it to him, and it's written in the Torah, there is a lesson here. Don't cry out to me. Don't pray. There is time you shouldn't pray. Okay, B. Um, yeah.
3: Isn't there a risk that every time you know a leader like Moses sees a need and he can't figure it out, he just says, "Okay, raising my staff. Come on, God, do it." You know, as opposed to. I'll
0: tell you, he looked in the mirror. I'm sure Moses, okay. if he had a mirror, but you uh, should know to split the sea. you should. He should, huh? I mean to say, to if you're telling me to do something that makes sense, something natural, I understand. But here it was a crisis of first class. I mean, there's the water in front of him, the sea's in front of him. As before the idea where Jew, the Jewish people knew that they can split seas. It was never, nobody ever split the sea before, and nobody ever split the sea later. It's, it's Moses was, in Moses' relationship with God at that time, was only about, it turns to God and says, God help us. That was the way it, it was working. And God <coughs> sent Moses to, to, let, to take the Jewish people out of Egypt. Yeah? Moses didn't want to do it. God told him, don't worry, I'll go with you, I'll do it, I'll speak for you, I'll do this for you, here is another miracle, here is another miracle then Moses knew that there are miracles. The whole, the whole system went on. Moses turning to God, God says do this, do this, do this. You're right, but this is where we're going with it. What, 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 what was going on here? What, what was
4: God not happy about? Some of that comes up from probably since Moses was very humble. Obviously, a humble person could not step in, step in, in the territory of Hashem's you will know, well should be or could be. That's, is it is something that we can talk about?
0: No. i mean it's all of, of the above god he was a leader god wanted him to do something not just to pray or not to pray at all that's what god wanted from him
5: but isn't like even more general kind of just bigger question is <clears throat> when it's a time for prayer for help or when you decide yourself hey you it's no time for prayer you need to do what you need to do oh
0: oh that's a question Sometimes it's a time to pray. Go ahead.
6: The other part of it just seems that Moshe didn't, he didn't see the solution in front of him. What he saw was, I'm pinned on the water, I'm pinned by the on both sides, and I've got Pharaoh behind me, and he became paralyzed in what to do, and he didn't see that the answer was in front of him. All he, when I said, all he had to do was send the staff and dad in that, oh, and we were
0: out
2: of
6: there.
0: You see? How many answers are for the same question, because yeah. it 's a complicated business,
7: yeah. but the real
0: question is yeah. what he says: there is time to pray and time to no. do, and time not to pray like you know everybody likes to quote the verse from ecclesiastic it 's yeah. a time for this, it 's a, a time for this, a time for this, a time for this, and a time and there is a time not to quote the verse also.
2: <laughs> but, but the solution was super rational it wasn 't something he could have thought
0: of.: We will see.
2: No,
0: but
7: B. <laughs> B.
2: Moreover,
6: prayer is an exercise in connection with God. What, then, can be better than a prayer, a Jew connecting with God? This is true even for a simple Jew who isn't aware of the deeper meaning of prayer and its great value and doesn't concentrate properly during prayer. This is all the more true regarding Moses, the teacher of the entire Jewish people, who stood behind beyond material concerns. The verse says about Moshe, I stand between you and God, meaning that Moshe was like the, condu- the conduit connecting God and the, the, the con- connecting God and the Jewish people. What then could be greater than Moshe engrossed in prayer?
0: Ma- Moses, should, what should he do if not he pray? He's the connection. is the phone, the connection between God, the conduit, between God and the Jewish people. Who should pray if not Moses? In essence, if he wouldn't pray, it would be a crime, so to speak. Is to pray. If Moses would pray, people don't complain to Moses forever. Moses, why didn't he pray? You see, whatever Moses is doing is not right. Okay, continue. Despite this... Yes,
6: despite this, God said to Moshe, and words are added in the Torah to relate this. Why are you crying out to me? Since this is written in the Torah, it is internal. There There must, therefore, be a practical lesson that even we can learn from this so many generations later.
0: Aha, if the Torah writes it, uh, I know the translation is crying out. Yeah, but it's screaming out to me, like calling out to God. Must be that there is a lesson. No, no, you'll tell us, Shulman, what a lesson is. Uh-huh.
3: Good. call over young people and tell them, until now, you've been engrossed and prayer in the city.
0: Okay, I'll give a little introduction here. Yesterday was the outside of the Rebbe, of the Rebbe Rayatz. That's how he's called him. His name was Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak Schneerson. I an acronym for his name. And he started to send out Chabad rabbis all over the world. He started it. The Rebbe took it a whole different level. But when he came to America, he used to call, and even in Russia, he used to tell them, call, call young men, them now you were sitting in the shiva for life, in you're very, you became your company with your family, with your community, and having your friend, and it's beautiful.
5: Hold on, this is a sixth one,
7: or the, the sixth third? one?
0: The sixth one. Okay. And he told them, now, pick up your peklar, go to no man's land, and look for Jews. And sure. the rest is on
2: you. <laughs> he was allowed to leave, people were allowed to leave Russia to do that? Nothing, Ru- Russia
0: is sent in Russia. within Russia. Oh, it, you know, a big Russia is telling the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union. Oh, he okay. sent people. He sent people actually to to risk their life, and they were taken by the government, and they died, and they were died in the, in the jails. And he sent another one. Then he sent it out people to to do the job. Continue. You've never known a-
3: Hebrew alphabet, the basics of Judaism, the basics of the laws of Kosher, Shabbat, and family, and
0: family purity. we told us a person can respond with an argument. You see, the Rebbe tells them, go to a place, what are you going to teach your people? They're not such big scholars. You teach them all of bad. You sit down with them and you read Aleph Bet." I'm you know, many Shiva students are sure that they are the gift uh, mm-hmm. God's gift to humanity. I'm such a scholar, I can be the head of the Shiva. Who knows? I can continue. I'm going to be the next Moses and you're telling me go around and uh, be busy with this. Go ahead. I am going to spend my entire day studying and praying. Everything I study is certainly God's Torah. And when I pray at whatever level <coughs>
3: of concentration, I am know- various
0: difficulties and obstacles. You see, it's going to come to place who says anybody wants my, to, to buy my what I'm selling? Who says anybody wants to hear Judaism? I'm not talking today. am talking about 60, 70 years ago when nobody knew the concept of spreading rich outreach, reaching out to other Jews and selling Judaism was unheard of. The people look at you, why should regular secular Jews want even to learn this? They didn't believe that there is a there is a seller, there is something that other people are looking forward looking forward to, to share with. Then I have no chance to even succeed. As people told me when I came to Solomon, Rabbi, you came in, in the wrong uh, exit <laughs> you had you go to Cleveland Knights. <laughs> you made the wrong tour. <laughs> really somebody told me. He's here now, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, then we tell them what? Don't don't worry about it. Go out and go to the Jewish people and talk to them. Stop praying, we tell the Jew. Stop praying, stop learning Torah and go out and do something. He prays. Praying sometimes is an escape. You have to do something always oh, he's praying. You see, the Talmud says, you see uh, a big tzaddik, a big yeshiva student, so this very holy, sees a woman drowning. He cannot start to schlep women from the water. What's he it's not, it's not, it's not Snezdik. It's not, not, not uh, modest. He pray. She you got to save her. Don't pray, jump into the water, save her. Then sometimes prayers is an escape. That's what the Rabbi wants to say. You want to continue? Okay. not that
4: in their words. Once a Jew named Moses, personally, he was completely beyond the material world. head and shoulders above the people. Maimonides mm-hmm. writes about the differences difference between the prophecies of Moses and those of okay. the other prophets. <clears throat> he writes that the prophets tremble and shake in fear of God, but Moses was capable of Receiving the prophecy while standing
0: in his place. I'll tell you something That's before we continue. <clears throat> Moses, there were many prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah, and unlimited amount, many, many, 48 prophets. Although the prophet, Moses was speaking to God like we speak to each other. He didn't have any preparation. He was always so connected that he spoke to God face to face with like ties open, no, in full control. All the prophets they had to go into a trance, they had to go into a, they had to hear his music and then they had to lose it. Or oh, they got it in a dream, or oh, they got it in a vision. But it wasn't, they were not in control over themselves when they heard the prophecy. And it's a whole different level between Moses' relationship with God and even the old, all other prophets. Forget about regular people. That Moses was in the highest level that a human being can ever achieve. Go ahead.
4: So while standing in the space, the list, this reflects the fact that. The- that not only was Moses so capable of receiving the prophecy, but physical body was also able to receive it without getting overexcited.
0: You see, his physical body, it was so purified that his physical body was there, so to speak. It, was, it didn't affect him. It was so connected. Continue.
4: Moses wished to pray to Hashem, not for the, any personal interest, but on behalf of the Jewish people. Yet Hashem told him, why are you crying out to me? Speak to the children of Israel and go forward. You should raise your staff.
0: Should raise your staff. What is he saying? Moses didn't pray for himself. He needed a blessing for livelihood. He had a stomachache. He needed a blessing. He prayed for the Jewish people. Still God told him, now is not the time to pray for the Jewish people. It's time for action. Go ahead.
7: Not both.
3: Moses wasn't instructed to speak to the people. Raise his staff. In addition to praying,
0: he was told not to pray. Why you the Rebbe take, takes it one step forward. Not only God could tell him pray, but now take the staff. You know, a person can pray and can do other, also do something else. God told him, no, don't pray. Not only do also something different. Don't even pray altogether. Continue, I'm sorry.
3: Shahab would say that when a person is fully invested in working to achieve something they can't do it by the way, complete devotion is required. Therefore, if Moses would continue to pray and at the same time speak to the Jewish people and raise his staff, the
6: speech and the action would be executed with. full G:
0: You see, a human being cannot do I mean we are also, all of us are multitasking. I mean, everybody's doing many things together. That's the way it looks like. You're on your cell phone. Then you do this. Then you do this. Then you do everything together, and you're not focused on anything. To be focused, you have to do only one thing. If not, you're you're, you're all over the place. Then that's why God, God told them, "I want you to do one thing: to go save the to go forward. Don't pray and do this. I need you all focused on one thing. Because you know when we are when is only time when you're the most focused in your life." What you do Where that you're most focused. That's what's supposed to be. Supposed to be. Hmm. When you're the most focused. When you're business. When you walk on your job, you're the most focused. You watch a movie, you do something else. When you do this, you do something else. When you eat, you do something else. You always do a million things. But when, you, when it's coming to business, to money, you better be focused. If not, you mess up. Right? If not, it's bad news. You can cook and talk on the phone. You can do this and do this. You cannot do do a job in a normal way if you're not focused hundred and twenty percent. Can you imagine a doctor prescribes you gives you prescription and meanwhile he's looking on the internet? He <laughs> will kill half of the patients.
7: What do they do
0: Oh, more, and more the pharmacists will fill up your. Pres- oh, I'm so sorry. I was talking to my friend. Oh, you I gave you the wrong medication. Yes, not too bad. When you yes to be, you have to be fully invest, invest, invested in the prayer. You know, we say there is a prayer that says, motay man. all my bones will speak to God. What means all my bones will speak to God? It'll shake all shake all my all my bones. All my bones to speak to God means I'm so focused. You know, you cannot do exercise. I heard that from people who do exercise. I, mean, I never do that. But <laughs> people who are like, uh, lift uh, heavy weights. Uh-huh. weights, they say, they tell me that a day he's not focused, It's not even bothering. To, to really do it, you have to be completely focused, not to have anything on his mind, to be completely focused in what he's doing.
7: Yeah.
0: The same thing we need to pray here. That's why God told them, I don't need you to pray and to help the Jewish people. Don't pray because I need you to be completely focused on the Jewish people. Continue. We learn from this.
3: We learn from this that, that when the time comes to save a fellow Jew, the welfare of this Jew takes precedence over all else. Even if this Jew is an idol worshiper at the moment, to save such a Jew it is not only permissible to interrupt one's prayer, it is obligatory. We witnessed our Rebbe's conduct themselves in accordance with this instruction.
0: Now, as we mentioned last week, the story of the Alta Rebbe that in the middle of Yom Kippur he went, and he, he, he had a feeling there is a woman in the city who needs his help. He went to a, on the edge of the city. No, he, he disappeared in the middle of the service. on keeper Day. Nobody knows where he is. You know, people thought he went out uh, to the restaurant. Five minutes, ten minutes, the guy's not there. They started to go to look for him. He spread all over the city. Till the Rebbe disappeared. The first Chabad Rebbe. Then they came, to the, they found him chopping wood and preparing. And, bir- and cooking a soup for a woman who gave birth to a baby. Just that she was freezing and shaking. Nobody was home. Her husband, the great satsadik, went to daven, and the synagogue gets Yom Kippur, right? No? Hmm. It's not Yom Kippur? What is it?
7: Hmm.
0: See, I, Yom Kippur, in the middle of Yom Kippur, I had to go with my wife to the hospital. But um, I was not so holy. <laughs> But, uh, but she had a baby in the right time that didn't run into anything. It was after my sermon. It was God. <laughs>
7: <laughs>
0: <laughs> then, uh, then and, and he came and he stopped everything. Why? Why he did that? He wanted to show that when it comes to save a Jewish person, nothing is more important. He could send somebody else. He could tell them. He himself went and chopped the wood and cooked the soup and fed the, ma- the woman was in bed. She couldn't move. He feathered until she got some strength. Then uh, we learn from this. Go ahead. You finished it? Yeah. One second. I don't, I don't remember. If it... were you on page six. Not, oh, you finished the whole thing? Oh, one second. <laughs> the bottom line is, not only you are allowed to stop the prayers, you have to pray the prayers. Don't pray, God tells you. And there is a Jew who needs your, Yiddish, your help. Don't pray. Go and help him. He's praying. Out of
8: curiosity, what if it's not
7: a Jew? Did you not help another person? We have
0: to help another person, but this obligation of stopping everything and running there is a different story. Yeah, if you see somebody drowning, no matter if it's a Jew or not, you have to save every person. But to go to look for somebody to help him, it's only if it's a Jew. You understand the difference? Yes. It's like, if it's my brother, I have a more obligation. If it's my cousin, I have a little less. If it's my second cousin, a little less. Mm-hmm. If it's my neighbor, I have a little more, maybe because it's my neighbor. But I don't have to go to Honduras to look for people to help them. Mm-hmm. I have to look. Then the point is, a person who helps for his, for his closer circle will help for the further circle, too, because he's involved in it. Somebody is only worried about the people. But yeah, absolutely you have to help everyone, everyone. If somebody needs help, you stop everything and you're open. What's the question? Mm-hmm. No matter what it is. But to look for help, to look for somebody to help, that's, that's, that's what the, what the Rebbe is talking about. Leaving your community, going some, in the middle of nowhere, helping somebody. Then here we learn from the story of the, of, of the splitting of the sea. In the same Parsha, there is a similar message. It's unbelievable. By the end of the Pasha, we read of this Pasha we read about Amalek. The story of Amalek, who was Amalek?
1: Just, uh, um, hated
6: the Jews.
0: They, I know that, the Who was Amalek? One was, one, <clears throat> who was Amalek? He was
6: one of the kings.
0: Who was one Amalek?
5: Of
0: he was a grandson of Esau. Esau hated Jacob, and he inherited this eight to his grandson, Amalek. And Amalek established a nation. And he ate the Jews. The Jews are leaving Egypt after the spinning of the sea with the huge miracles and everybody in And God gave them manna and it's unbelievable, right? Suddenly Amalek came 1,600 miles away, or kilometers, whatever. He was very far away. And he came out of nowhere to attack the Jewish people. The Jews left Egypt. He was living more closer to Israel. Maybe in Petra, I don't exactly know where it was. But he came from the, I think it's around Petra. He went to Egypt, to the spinning of the sea, where was the thing of the sea, to attack the Jewish people. Out of nowhere. Then now what happened? Go ahead, please.
7: We're with
8: Amalek. Uh, Amalek came and fought with Israel in
0: Rephidim. Re- Rephidim, yeah, that's Fidim. the name of a place.
8: Moses said to Joshua, Pick men for us and go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses had told him, to fight against Amalek. Moses, Aaron, and Hur ascended to the top of the hill. Okay,
0: okay. What is happening is that Moses knew that Amalek is coming to attack the Jewish people. He told his right-hand man, Joshua, go, choose, choose people, and fight to fight the war with the Amalekites, righteous people, people that God will protect them, he tells them tomorrow i'll go on the, on the top of the mountain with the, with the staff of God in my hand, and I will pray for you, and you will be there you'll do the war. Joshua did exactly what Moses told them, and Moses and Aaron and Hur went up on the mount, on the on the Hill, right? Who is who?
1: Miriam's.
0: Son. Miriam's what? Miriam's son. Yeah, who was Miriam's son? He was a very righteous man. He was from the next leadership, so to speak. And um, who, we don't hear from who a lot. You know why? We, what happened to who?
4: Killed him. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Ah?
4: He got killed.
0: He got killed. When? when?
4: Where? At the, um, the uh, Golden capital. At uh,
0: the golden calf story, he tried to First stop time. the Jews from doing the golden calf. Who, who was killed? But here, who was going? Moses, Aaron, who, you can imagine how close he was. Aaron, and the next turn was who? And they went up on the top of the hill. Okay, continue.
8: It came to pass that when Moses would raise his hand, Israel would prevail. And when he would lay down his hand, Amalek would prevail.
0: The Talmud says, it wasn't that Moses <coughs> picked up and he, he won the war. The Jews, when they used to see Moses end up, they reminded them about God, that they all, they all repented, they turned to God. Then when they turned to, when they turned to God, they won the, the, war, the war. Moses put their heads down, when they started speaking, they forgot about God for a moment, they lost. It's like all of us. And you think you can do it? oh, You can do it, do it yourself. Go ahead. And you remember that you cannot do it, it's all up to God, then God helps you then moses with his hand reminded them look up look to god
1: weren't they shouldn't they have been fighting too that was a whole another issue they, they he sent it them to get he was getting
0: them Mr. Okay. Apple. <laughs> now continue
8: now Moses' hands were heavy so they took a stone and placed it under him and he sat on it aaron and Hur supported his hands one on either side. So he was with his hands in his face
0: until sunset. Joshua weakened Amalek and his people with the edge of his sword. Moses got tired. His end were like anging. It was so hard for him to hold the end. First of all, every regular human being would have our time to hold his end for a long time, like this. You tried well. ever? I didn't. Mm. Um, but even Mo- but Moses was very strong. You know that Moses when he God told them to pick up the staff and to eat the water, to split the water. He was holding this staff, the midrash says, for all the time until all the Jews crossed the sea. If he would bring it down, the water would come back. That he was holding his hand all the time. That he wasn't like a weakling that couldn't hold his hand up. Then it was a strange thing to a point that Moses had to sit down on a stone. Why sit down on a stone, not on a chair? Because he said, if the Jewish people are suffering, I want to be with them in the in the pain. I'm not the sitting. I'm not sleeping on a bed. You know, that's like when there is there is a customer. Some people on a the above they sleep they sleep on a stone. The pillow is like a stone, a little stone, not to be comfortable. Then some people sleep on the floor. I mean, many people take it um, different ways. But God bless them. But um, but the idea is when the Jewish people suffer. I know, I think there is the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe told the kids, when he came to America in 1940, he said he asked from the kids not to eat candies because there is a war in, the, in the, some millions of Jews are being slaughtered and killed in, in, in uh, Europe. And what the kid can do, at least there should be some type of feeling the pain of the Jews in Europe. They shouldn't eat candies. Something like this was. And here two Moses was sitting on a stone, and there he was holding his hand from one end, the other from the other end. And, they, and that's how he won the war. A whole day until, until sunset. Question. Uh, before we continue, the
4: refidium, is it an acronym or something? Or it's a local Rafu, uh, no, the,
0: the name is a name. Then the rabbis learned from that. Rafuya then Medivh Torah, that they became weak from learning Torah. Yes. But Rafidim is the name of a place. Yeah, what happened is, the whole reason why Amalek came to attack the Jewish people is because the Jewish people were... Doubting is if God is among them. When you doubt if God is among you, that's what happens. And the, Med- the Medash, Rashi brings an example when a person takes his, his, walks in the middle of the desert, holding his son on his shoulders, and he walks and walks, and then his son, another guy passes from the other side, and his son tells the other guy, "Tell me, you saw my father." He's sitting on his shoulders. And he's asking the, other, the, the guy who goes on the other side if he, if he saw his father. His father got so upset, he said, oh, you don't know where I am? He took him off, he said, okay, now you're on your own. He started to walk away and the dogs came to, to attack him. He started to scream, daddy, I want to help, help me!" He said, "Ah, I thought, you know, you can do it yourself. That's what happened in, in, in with Amalek. God took them on uh, the, um, what is called on the eagle wings. He, threw, he, he carried them on his end full of miracles. And then they started to doubt. Is God is among us? Oh, maybe not. Then, okay, you can do it yourself. Fine, go ahead. Right Why the Amalekites came to attack them? Okay. Why was Moses punished? Go ahead.
8: Why was Moses punished? Moses was the one who led us out of Egypt, split the sea for us, brought down the manna from us, and much more. Um, how then can it be that Moses' hands became tired? Moreover, at the splitting of the sea, Moses um, raised his staff and spread his hand into the sea. His hands didn't become tired then, so why did they become
0: tired now? Then has been learned from the message that he, his uncle, well, he was holding the staff a whole all the time, a whole night, until the old Jewish people because the sea, it was millions of people. And he didn't get tired. Suddenly, suddenly he gets tired. What happened? Obviously, it's a punishment. It's not a normal thing that Moses and tired. That's the point. Therefore, Rashi explain. Continue.
8: Was (laughs) a punishment for him appointing
0: someone else to conduct the war instead of doing it himself. Moses, Rashi says, because he was he was lazy to do the mitzvah himself, and he appointed somebody else. His hand became heavy. What means to say, he should go by himself to the war. He shouldn't send Joshua to go to war. Moses, the Jewish people need to go to war. You should be first. I'm number one and you go after me. What do you mean you're sending your uh, second in command? You tell Joshua, Joshua, go to war. You go to war.
2: What? What? Is it possible that Moses was grooming him to take the leadership position? Until?
0: The wrong way you groom anybody to do anything by example he's grooming him (laughs) you go (laughs) you don't send somebody else to war you go to war that's how you you grooming to leadership by an example that the leader has to be the first one to go what kind of an example is to Joshua if if he's sitting back and he sends Joshua Joshua will do the same thing to the next that's a
2: problem
0: (laughs) that's a problem Continue.
8: The verse states clearly, I will stand on top of the hill. He raised his hands in faith and raised the heaven in prayer. We see that Moses didn't refrain from participating in the war against the Malek. He participated in the war uh, through his prayer. The Zohar teaches that Moses extended himself in the war with the Malek and the family realm to the same degree that Joshua. uh, Mm exerted himself in the uh, lower realm since Moses was uniquely qualified for success in the heavenly realm why was the, he punished for appointing Joshua to conduct the war in the lower realm
0: the zohar says something very interesting it says that Mo, Zohar says if Moses was spi- fi- fighting a spiritual war while Joshua was fighting the physical war it says you go down and you go to war but I will going to, I'm going up I'm going to fight a spiritual war. He couldn't send Joshua to fight the spiritual war. The connection upstairs, only Moses had. Then it's obviously the right thing. Then why is he deserving a punishment? That's the question.
5: Rabbi, isn't it like uh, similar, I mean, I don't know, similar or people thinking about what's happening in Israel right now, kind of the same thing, you know? Some... Uh, religious people go and find uh, the war, and some don't because they think that prayer is more important. And right. some rabbis decide in one way, some of them decide in another way. And, Very surprising. And uh, uh, telling uh, t- tell their people one way or the other, totally, probably um, different. Or whatever. I'll
0: tell you, if... But if, if like right you now, when it's really, really dangerous... Like yes, anything, yes. The, pa- the question is... How much good they will be there in fighting the war when they never had any training in any anything, but that's all the discussion. And here is what the Zohar says: Moses felt he will fight the spiritual war, and Joshua will fight the physical war. That's, hey, that's a question, sides, yeah.
5: One, the other. Oh, absolutely, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes, like, yes, uh, yes. God was punishing Moses and Zohar saying, hey, he was kind of doing the right thing. Exactly. It would be more useful here than there. Ex-
0: exactly, know? exactly, exactly, yes. But he could have done
6: it from the battlefield. He could have gone down and led the army and done it from down... <sighs> On the field of battle, okay. How else is equivalent to what there you're is, you know, to the staff to split the yeah, seas?
0: yeah. You know, even in the army itself, in helping in helping the army, obviously, not everybody is on combat who goes actually to fight in Gaza. There is many, many people who are helping for the army or, or soldiers, and they are supporting, uh, the supporting logistics, logistics and, and everything else. These people, what I mean to say, our army needs much more than just. Fighters, yeah. the, the elite units—they do the war. But the rest of the people are very useful. The people sitting on the computers and make a, and watch the border from the on the screens. And there is unlimited amount of work.
3: So, uh, question—maybe not easy to answer here. What, what is the objective of prayer, and, and how do you know when you've gotten there?
0: do you know when you've gotten there?
3: Because this idea that you, you know—I'll tell you. Prayer is no longer time for prayer, or there are some people maybe they are just praying too much and not acting, how, how do you know like, okay, I, I've sort of run out of room to achieve something here, what am I trying to achieve, you know, this is the question that comes to my mind, at least.
0: But your prayer is that you have to think, you have to speaking to God, that's the main thing. Speaking to God, and you ask God from your, for your prayers. But sometimes, when you pray too long, instead of doing something, it's an escape. God tells you, I pray. Yeah, you prayed. Very nice. Now go and do it. Make a vessel for the blessing and the blessing is going to come. You see, if, you, if a person doesn't go to his praying and doesn't go to work, nobody's going to, is not going to get a check in the mail. I mean, he has to go to, to, to pray. He has to go to work. You have to, have to make a vessel for the prayers, for the, for the blessing of God to be fulfilled, to be, but how much is going, how much is too much? You know, no, don't worry. <laughs> you know, it, 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 Really, that somebody is praying too much. But there is people trying to are. It's an escape. Yeah. Okay, source number three.
8: Moses said to Joshua, pick men for us and go out and fight against Amalek. Why did Moses rescue himself from the first war commanded by God? Moses is to be praised for he understood the root of the matter. Moses said, I will wage the <coughs> battle above and you, Joshua, will fight below. This is the meaning of the verse, Moses would raise his hand, Israel would prevail. This refers to the supernal Israel. This is why Moses rescued himself from the physical battle, so that he would be able to be victorious above.
0: Exactly, Moses did that so the Zohar, as you just learned before. Moses did it for the sake of fighting the spiritual world. So
5: super-nal, super-nal, supernatural.
0: Supernatural, yeah. Supernal, it's the above. Okay, the Rebbe, go ahead.
5: The Rebbe: come back. <clears throat> the answer is that the situation where Jews are being hurt, we must immediately go out to help them in physical war with our physical hands." The Rebbe says, "When you see a Jew is being beaten up, you
0: don't go. You don't engage in spiritual wars. You go and you save him."
5: <clears throat> Those who are incapable of fighting physically should pray and recite psalms for victory in the war. But all those who are physically capable of fighting must go and fight. This is not time for recite psalms.
0: Here the Rebbe says very clear, if you cannot do more, if you're not not in the, the physical situation to go to fight, pray. But if you go to, you can fight. Prayer is an escape. Absolutely.
5: Moses appointed someone else in his place and did not personally go out to fight physically. This is why he was punished by his hands tiring.
0: Uh-huh. Because he could he could go out to war. Moses was capable to go physically to war. And he didn't do it. Therefore God punished him with, with his every end. Why was we on the every end? Go ahead, you want to win.
1: Uh, but how was Moses expected to know that he was supposed to go out and fight a Moloch physically?
7: Yep.
1: He didn't receive any instruction to do that. The answer is
0: that
1: earlier at the splitting of the sea, God had said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Speak to the children of Israel and move forward. Rashi explains that God was telling Moses that the Jewish people are in danger, and this isn't the time for prayer. He needed to speak to the people and tell them to move forward physically with their feet.
0: It was less than a month ago. It was the story with the with, with spinning of the sea. And there he also prayed. And God told him, don't pray. It's a time to do. That by now we knew you had to know better, don't fight me wolves in the above. Go out and fight with the Jewish
1: people. Even at the Red Sea, though, someone, uh, Yehuda, jumped in. Someone had a Nachshon, arrive.
0: yeah. Yeah, not uh, Moses.
1: Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, uh, but even someone still physically had to jump in the water first.
0: You're right. Somebody had to jump into the water. Somebody had to show total faith. was one Jew before the splitting of the sea. He jumped into the water, and only when we almost drowned, then God split in the sea. Until, you see, if you stand with your own suit like this and you're waiting for God to split the sea, I could stay, we would stay there until now. Somebody had to show faith to a level that is ready to die. That's real fate. You go all the way. And only when you go all the way, you know, anybody, the people who are ready to go all the way are going to win a war. And people who are not ready to go all the way are not going to win any wars. That's the bottom line. And that's a problem by the wars that we are invalidating. Inv- 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 but the Israeli, the young generation showed unbelievable sacrifice and God forbid so many people were killed. But it's all about whoever is ready to go all the way is going to win the war. I don't know if the government is ready to go all the way. That's a question. Yeah,
1: that's a As a result... As a result, when the war with Hamala came, Moses should have understood on his own that he should be fighting together with the people in physical
2: combat.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, he should know better...
2: With the people, ready, punished with its hands. We can now also understand why Moses' punishment affected his hands, that they became heavy and tired. Seemingly, one could ask, punishments are supposed to be measure for measure. In our case, the problem was that Moses was standing on the hill to pray, so why did the punishment affect his hands?
0: Why the punishment is then? Maybe he shouldn't be able to talk, to pray. Why the
2: Go ahead. Moreover, making Moses' hands tire could harm the Jewish people because when his hands were raised were raised there, Jews had the upper hand in battle. And when his hands were lowered, Amalek gained the upper hand. Why was Moses punished in a manner that could harm the Jewish people rather than in a completely personal way? The explanation is that Moses should have participated with his hands in the battle together with the Jewish people. His punishment was measure for measure with his hands growing tired.
0: See, usually you say boots on the ground. Here it was about the end, go with the end and fight. And because he didn't use his end for the right purpose, God made his end heavy. He wanted to tell him, where is the problem? With your end, you should go and fight it. Now it's not time for your mouth, it's time for your end. And Moses should know better from the story of the splitting of the sea. That was just a few weeks before that. And that's why he was punished, because he... If you, you, you say there is always a discussion what is more important to pray out Here you see it for Moses God was expecting of Moses to do better and actually because Moses sent Joshua God told Moses right after this tell Joshua to tell the Jewish people to remember what the Amalekites did them that was a, a signal to Moses that Joshua is going to be the leader of the Jewish people <laughs> right there, this is talking about a few weeks after they left Egypt. In the text, it's already a signal that Moses is not going to be the one who will lead the Jewish people to the land of Israel. Right here, because, because he sent Joshua, instead of going himself, he said, okay, we need to, be, to conquer the land of Israel, you need many wars. Obviously, you're not ready for war. Who sent Joshua? Even later, right before they entered the land of Israel, Moses himself kicked, killed Og. Og was a giant. And Moses was four years older. He was 120 years. And he killed by himself Og. That shows you that four years earlier, Feshul was able to go to war. Because he appointed Joshua, God told him, okay, you appointed your own leader. You created your own destiny. And Joshua is going to be the next leader. He will lead the Jewish people into the land of Israel. You know, officially, Moses heard the news right before when he hit the then God told them, you'll not enter the land. But really, God, God already sent them hints that this is going to be the situation right in the beginning. The next line, it's not quoted here. It, uh, Sim Yeshua. put in the jo- Tell Joshua to tell the Jewish people that I will... They have to remember to erase the... the I will erase the, the Amalekites on the face of the earth. And Joshua will tell the Jewish people. And Rashi says, right there, right there, he told them already the Jewish pe- the, you, that Joshua is going to lead the Jewish people to the land of Israel. Why? Because he was not ready to go to, go to fight the Amalekites.
2: It, it is interesting to me, Rabbi, that, that when in the case of the rock, uh, Moses was physical and not oral, and he was supposed to be oral at that point, not physical, and now he's flipping <laughs> it again.
0: <laughs> it's a very interesting observation. You know, God told them to speak to the rock, right? And here... Here God wanted for him to go to war, physically. There God wanted to, be spirit, to speak with his mouth and use his hand. Actually, that's what happens. When we, when we use the wrong things in the wrong place, then the, the second time we, we again use the wrong things in the wrong place. It happens many times. And you see around in life, See, people use the wrong, the, they make the, wrong, the, the judgment in the wrong place in the wrong time. It's all about using the right thing in the right place. And when you don't do it in one place, in the other place, you make the same mistake in the other direction.
2: Yes. And, and if it happens to Moses, maybe, you know, it's, it shows you how human everybody
0: really is. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's written in the Torah not to embarrass, embarrass Moses, it's to teach us what to do and what not to do. Yeah. And we always use, you know, um, that's exactly a perfect example. When you have to use your mouth, use your hand, you use your mouth. When you have to use your mouth, you use your hand. Everything in the wrong place in the wrong time. That's perfect. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's called in Yiddish word. a goylem. Somebody's using the wrong thing in the wrong place. You know, there's a uh, joke about uh, a mother taught her daughter, her son. You know, when you see a parade, many people go together. Used to be, in the olden days, used to be two types of parades. Even, even used to take a bride to the chuppet, they used to take her from the home to the show, to the to the chuppet. And everybody has to go behind and sing and this. So she told him, when you see a parade, you have to run and say Mazel Tov. It's fine. One day he comes home crying, said, What happened? He says, I listened to you. I run, I saw a parade, I run and skipped Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. They beat me up. It was a funeral. <laughs> you know, that if you do the wrong words in the wrong place, everything goes like this. That's all about, and for this alone, you need the blessing from God to say the right thing in the right moment. Not to miss, you know, people time, many times come to, to offer to them and they sit around the board. And, you know, it's, and people tell me later, you know, people tell me that and I was so insulting. And, you know, sometimes God forbid somebody losing a child. People tell them, oh, don't worry, you have other children. Do I don't? They, they don't know that they have other children. What kind of a, of, of a comfort is this? And it's all about, then, yeah, that's what you learn from it. Source number four. You? Oh, who is supposed to read? You read already? Uh,
2: yeah,
0: I did. You did? Then you read.
2: No, but you want me to
0: read? No, no, you read. <laughs> you read
6: already or you didn't read? I, I don't remember. Okay, sure. go ahead. <laughs> Indeed, he bore our illness. And, and, now we're
0: talking about Moshiach.
6: Oh, what's Moshiach? Go ahead. He carried them, yet we considered him by God and oppressed. He was pained because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement of our welfare was upon him, and with this wound we were healed.
0: This is written about the Moshiach from the book of Isaiah. He, he carries our pain, he suffers from us. Why, why is Moshiach supposed to suffer from us? Suffer, suffer from, our, from our sins, from our, from our transgressions. Go ahead.
6: Source 5. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi met Elijah the prophet at the tomb of Rabbi Shimon ben Yaakov.
0: Oh, is it tooth Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead.
6: He asked Elijah, When will the Mashiach come? Elijah responded, Go ask him yourself. Where does he sit? Asked Rabbi Yeshua. At the gates of Rome came the answer. How will I know it's him? Asked Rabbi Yeshua. He will be sitting among the paupers sickly. All of them untie their bandages and tie them all at once. But the Mashiach unties one bandage, and ties one at a time. He says, perhaps I will be needed to bring about the redemption. Therefore, I will never tie more than one bandage, so that I will not be delayed.
0: Basically, Elijah the prophet tells Rabbi Esho ben Levi that Mashiach is busy with bandages, with sicknesses, is full of pain, right? Why Mashiach has to be full of pain? What is this business? Why he couldn't drive in a big Cadillac, mm. be happy, after he ate a good meal in a restaurant? <laughs> no, a Tesla, a Tesla. A Tesla. A
7: Tesla.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> why Why, why has to look like a Moshiach, skinny, in pain? What's going on? The Rebbe, go ahead. The Rebbe, how can it be that the
3: is suffering from wounds? The reason is because I am with them, together with us in every situation we you find ourselves. you do have all of the ability to people suffering, suffers with us. He doesn't only suffer spiritually, the pain that he is well attuned He suffers physically, and the that pain that we, simple people, feel strongly. As simple people, we know suffering to mean financial difficulties, wounds, etc. And Mashiach suffers these pains along with us, and this is his greatness.
0: Moshiach, because the Jewish people suffer, Moshiach suffers together with them. We suffer, is feeling the pain of the Jewish people. He's not like disconnected and, and uh, aloof and he's, he's doing his own business. A Moshiach means somebody who feels the pain of every Jew. If he cannot feel the pain of every Jew, he's not, he's not a Rebbe, he's not a Tzaddik, he's not a Moshiach. The same thing, the doctor's question. The story is about the previous Rebbe that the doctor came and asked them, one of the doctors took care of him, and asked him one I asked him like this. They asked him, he was paralyzed, he couldn't speak. He was speaking very unclear for many, for years, for at least 10, 15, 12, 13 years. And it got worse and worse. Then they asked him, Rebbe, your all power is in your mouth, that you can inspire people. How is it that God makes you suffering in your mouth? The question was more to. To awakening in the Rebbe himself, the power he should pray for himself for this. Then there's another story that we, we, he came, in, he went to America, to, he went in, to Israel in 1929. He came to visit Israel for two weeks. 1929. Huh? Is that right
3: about the time during the, during the
0: Arab riots? Oh, 29. he left Israel while he was on the boat, he heard about the Arab riots in Hebron. And he was there a few days before that. He had a terrible uh, kidney attack, I think, in the, on the boat. And to his luck, it was a Jewish doctor, Dr. Wolach was his name from Jerusalem, a German doctor, a Jewish-German, a German Jew. And he, he took care of him and he cured him. And later, a few days later, he came, he says, Rabbi, I need a tikkun, I need to do tshuva, I need to repent. He says, what do you need to repent for? He tells him, God for sure would save you. If I, if I wouldn't be there, you wouldn't get sick. That's it, you got sick, is because I'm here to cure you. That means that I caused the suffering. That I need an atonement for it. Isn't this unbelievable? For a doctor to say it. But when we need to say here, the doctor is asking, how could it be that you, you cannot talk, this is your job? Let's read it. The rabbi at The doctor question. The rabbi riots
4: our illness, his faculty of speech was particularly affected. The, fa- the faculty that he used to spread Torah, both revealed and concealed dimensions to all Jews. The rabbi I.S. was asked about this. Even if there is some complaint against you and you are being punished, why is its it, is it, is it specifically your faculty of speech that is affected. This is the faculty you devoted completely to Hashem, using it in your entire life to spread Judaism with absolute spiritual and physical self-sacrifice, successfully transforming this world to serve as a home for Hashem. The answer is that I am with them in, the ter- in, their, terrible, in their trouble. This is why
0: before our Means to say, because why should the rabbi, uh, a tzaddik, suffer? Because he suffers together with the Jewish people, and because there is Jews, especially in this time, the, the Holocaust was there. It was tzores unlimited amount of tzores. The whole ten years of the previous rabbi's leadership were very hard years for the Jewish people and very hard years for them. Even through every worst thing you can just imagine, he was a part of it. It was in the war, it was in every war. It was just Taurus, every event it was Taurus. Russia was Taurus, when it was in Poland, it was World War II, everywhere event was Taurus.
4: Then. The lesson we should all learn from this is that we need to work with every Jew, young and old, men and women, in accordance with their personal state.
0: We need to do it. When somebody needs your help, they don't say, God, I'll pray for you. I'll tell you a story. Somebody told me, I had a conversation with a guy who goes to a different synagogue in Cleveland. And he tells me, you know, you know, in our synagogue we don't talk in the service. We don't talk during the service. It's quiet. I told him us, it's not so quiet.
7: <laughs> <laughs> and he
0: asked me why. I told him, you know, there is a story about a rabbi in Russia who told this congregation enough of the talking, nobody should talk. A month pest he gets up to the beam and it was quiet. Nobody was talking, doing services. Yeah. He says, Please begin talking. Go back. He told him, happy, well, finally, you finally achieved that. What do you want? He told them until now when you were talking, you knew who is hungry, who lost a job, who is not coming to show because he's sick. And you helped each other. Now everybody is so holy. You come in and you pray. And you don't know who, is, who, is, who needs anything. But he tells me, Yeah, you know what? You have a point. He tells me we're the guy where I knew him, bike, was close to him. And he was, uh, and then I, later I, late, I didn't see him for a while. Then I saw him once, and I told him, I, I shake his hand and I saw his hand, he's sweating, he's very sweating, I told him, are you okay? He tells me, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay. And a few weeks later, he died from overdose. Mm-hmm. He, had, he, had a, he had a problem, he had an uh, addiction <clears throat> problem, and he tells me, and then he tells me, I went over to my rabbi and told him, you know, it's a shame we didn't know because if he would know about that, we would pray for him. I told him he would pray for him. How about if he would help him? That didn't even enter his mind. He was busy praying. He would do a favor and he would pray for the other guy who is sick. See, that's what the, that's what the rabbi wants to avoid. This is a guy who lives in 2023, 24. And he told me the story, like, honestly, full of intention, good intention. I told my rabbi, we would know that he's sick and he has a problem with this, the addiction, with the drug addiction, and he's struggling with this. We would pray for him. I looked at him and said, you would pray for him? You would go and help him? You would do something to him? It didn't even enter his mind. That's why we learn these things. That's what Chassid accomplished. That's what the rabbis wanted to achieve. Don't pray for somebody who has an addiction problem. Go and help them. Thank you very much, guys. God bless you.